Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. We're really happy to have on today University of Pennsylvania standout James Flynn, also Squash Canada uh, standout. He uh, had a tremendous season last year, the 2019-2020 season at uh, the University of Pennsylvania and also in terms of his final year as a junior. Uh, we talk about all of that today. We talk about his season at the uh, University of Penn where which saw him uh, uh, take out uh, Victor Quinn in the uh, individual uh, CSA individual event, the uh, College Squash Association individual event, and then he went on to lose to his uh, teammate, the number one player on his uh, on the University of Penn team. Uh, we talk about that, that team and uh, what Gilly Lane has done to uh, produce such a quality uh, team and a quality uh, environment for all the players there. Uh, we also talk obviously about James's season last year which saw him have some tremendous results uh, on the junior side in his last year uh, which saw him go deep into a lot of those uh, events including uh, taking uh, guys like uh, Sam Todd uh, to the brink, uh, taking him to five. I think it was in the Dutch Junior Open or the Junior Junior Open. So it demonstrates that uh, that he's right up there with the best juniors and best players in the world, uh, which brought me to asking him the question, what about a professional career? And uh, you might be surprised to hear what he had to say about that. A very, uh, very intelligent young man and a guy with a bright future, regardless of whether it's uh, in squash or uh, other other uh, avenues uh, that he might want to pursue. So uh, episode uh, 159 today with James Flynn of the University of Pennsylvania. I'll know you, I know you're going to enjoy this. Uh, uh, and again, also, uh, he covers, we, we cover uh, the COVID situation uh, as regards uh, what's going to happen uh, going forward and how that impacts him and his decisions uh, going forward. So uh, James Flynn, episode 159 on the In Squash podcast. Squash a little bit, so so can't complain too much. What about you? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've been playing a bit of squash myself. I actually just got back from uh, round one of a golf tournament. So Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, not, not my best round, but uh, not bad. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I think I finished in the top eight. So I, I shot 80, cool. uh, 83 today. So ah, that's pretty good. Not bad. Definitely not respectable. Bad. Couple of bad putts there at the end. Couple of shaky really? knee, knee. What do they call knee knockers? Ah, <laughs> but, uh, James, uh, it's really great. Thanks for uh, for coming on the podcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with us here, but uh, this is episode 159, I believe, and uh, really fantastic. I've had a few uh, guys from the CSA on Victor Quint, who you know very well. I've had uh, your coach Gilly uh, yeah. on. I've had. Um, uh, several other guys, Paul Asciante. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all those dudes. And uh, so I was really, really glad to have you, uh, you on. I know you had a, a very, in many ways, a very good season last year. So uh, we'll get to talking about that in a little bit. But uh, before we do, uh, just uh, wondering how things are for you and uh, your family during, these, uh, during this challenging period for everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I remember when my teammate Andrew Douglas was on. All right. And that yeah. was sort of my first exposure to the show. Uh, and I've, I sort of had scrolled to your guests, and I feel like there are definitely a lot that are more high profile than me. So I appreciate you throwing me a bone here and letting me on. Oh, well, I'm Canadian as well, right? So True, uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're one of our bright lights right now. And, uh, you know, you had a great season last year, and you, you proved that, I mean, with some really, really, really good results, really impressive results. And I think they surprised. 
a lot of people, probably not you, because you're, you know, you've probably got the confidence to, that you can be just about anybody who you step on the court with. But uh, yeah, you're, it's well-deserved. Not, not that my podcast has that high profile uh, as yet, but uh, yeah, well-deserved and great season last year. So everything going okay for you and your family there in T.O.? Yeah, yeah, no, everything's been okay. We've been sort of isolating pretty strictly. Um, My parents haven't gone back to work really very much yet. My brother, who's five years younger than me, sort of ended school in March and has been sticking it out and has been sort of hanging out in the basement, going outside a bit, um, but not too much. So, so yeah, you know, he set up, he set up camp down there. So everybody's, everybody's doing well. Um, Not too much to complain about. Definitely in a better spot than a lot of other people these days and, and thankful right. for that. That's good. And, and uh, how squash these days in Toronto? Um... Yeah, it varies a lot club by club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I play mostly at the Granite Club and they've sort of started to open up a bit, letting you play with like a, a small group of people. So I think you can create pods of up to six people that sort of you can agree to sort of make that your own little bubble and get on court with some people. So I've been able to take advantage of that, which is, which is awesome. Right on. Who, who are you playing with uh, these days? I, I, yeah. I'm familiar with, uh, I think it's Eric Baldwin. He's the, uh, he's a buddy of mine. Okay. Uh, manager at uh, Toronto. Racket he's at the Club. BNR. I, yeah. yeah. Or maybe the badminton racket club. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not. Yeah. Manager, uh, okay. No, no. I, I mean, I know Eric a little bit too. This Toronto squash world is super small. Yeah. I'm playing a lot with, Nikhil Ishmael right now, he's a little bit younger than me, sort of 17, a, a top Canadian junior, and also a member of the Granite, so we've, we've been hitting a, a bit. Yeah, not, there's not, you know, not too many people. I think squash is far from a lot of people's minds right now, so yeah. it's been nice to have somebody. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially in North America seems to be, I think Canada's got a better hold uh, on things, For sure. better control on things than they do south of the border there, but... Uh, Still, yeah. <laughs> yes, up at the border. I heard, heard a tremendous statistic the other day. 4% of the world's population, 25% of the COVID cases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I saw something. Yeah, like one in 60 Americans has tested positive for COVID or something, uh, which is a lot, a lot more than you'd like. That's a lot. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the border, has, the border has shut down, which has been an interesting experience. Sort of. I'm going to go back to Philly in the fall, but, but getting in is going to be interesting hopefully hopefully all smooth with the student visa but but yeah it'll be an interesting process right on uh now before we get into that uh i know you played your high school i guess you would call it or prep school squash at upper canada college which uh, yeah i have a few friends who played for them way back in the day but uh cool uh yeah i mean they have a long tradition uh for the yeah. squash program so tell tell us a little bit about um uh, playing those days back in the day, playing your high school squash uh, at Upper Canada College, and who was your your sort of coach or mentor? Yeah, back in that for day? sure. Yeah, yeah. So our high school squash in Canada isn't sort of as big of a deal as it is in the U.S. I think with the prep schools, but a bunch of the schools have teams, and it's it's like a cool, it's a really cool community. My coach was actually a guy named Peter Frost, who was sort of a, an old school squash player, a doubles player more recently, uh, and just like an awesome guy. And he, he'd been the coach, I think he actually retired this past year, but he'd been the coach for sort of 30 years before that. So had sort of lots of experience. He knew, 
knew a bunch of people in the scene um, and was, it was really awesome to sort of get to pick his brain on stuff and, and hear his thoughts. On the team, it was sort of, we ended up having a really good run when I was there. Um, we ended up winning sort of four league championships in a row. And that was just oh, sort wow. of, it's so much a function of just who's on your team, right? So Nikhil, the guy I spoke about earlier, who's sort of the top in Canada for a couple of years younger than me was on the team. His older brother who also played Neil was on the team. Yeah. And then sort of some younger guys. And we just, we just happened to have a really cool group of people who played squash at like a high level outside of school, all, all who went to the school. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun to sort of travel. We messed around a bunch, played a lot of basketball in between matches. Um, and, so and it camaraderie was, it was, experience. was really, was really yeah. good between the, the, uh, amongst the teammates there. For sure. Yeah. Long bus rides to Buffalo sometimes to play Nichols, a school down there. Uh, so it was, it was a cool, it was a cool experience and a cool preview for college squash, which is obviously sort of a different level of that, but, but yeah. a similar type experience. What are the, uh, I know, uh, I guess Ridley college would have had a, would have yeah. a squash team. And then uh, what are the other schools that you yeah. competing against in Canada? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty regionalized. All the schools that we played on sort of a regular basis were from the Toronto area and, and sort of the suburbs. Crescent School, which is another school in Toronto, they had a, they had a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. St. Andrew's College, a boarding school a little bit north yeah. of the city, had a team. Toronto traditional schools. I, I just remember back uh, Yeah, I was a junior, I think Gary Waite played for Crescent. Uh, really, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think Gary <laughs> did go to Crescent. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so sort of... Sorry? These schools have been around this program. The squad. No, they've been around forever. They've been around forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's sort of all, all those types of schools that are, that are in the Toronto area. And then there's a big school out west, Seanigan, uh, on Vancouver Island, that has a really good squash program. Okay. And we never ended up playing them, but sort of always would have liked to. And that would have been, that would have been fun. That would have been. But, but it was a good uh, little exposure for you as well yeah. in terms of the uh, collegiate squash association uh league that they have there that you're playing for sure yeah yeah all right and uh just give us a little background if you don't mind now now i know you're what 19 now james yeah 19 so uh i guess out of juniors no longer i know how's that now you're one of the old boys yeah yeah no it's interesting i was uh i went to worlds last year in malaysia yeah. Sort of after my freshman year of college and it, it felt a little different, right? Like so many of the people that I'd knew, known, so many people that I'd grown up playing with were gone and I felt a little old. Um, a lot of my friends weren't there. There were a lot of sort of new faces. Yeah. And, and it feels weird to be out of juniors, to be honest, as somebody who still sort of thinks of themselves as being a little bit younger, maybe. Uh, but I'm, you know, it, it was an awesome part of my life. Those trips abroad were so fun uh and where i made tons of my best friends so it's it's definitely a little bit of nostalgia looking back on juniors but i think it was probably time to move on and i felt that a little bit in malaysia i remember as a junior and i've I've said this a few times on the podcast i i I had a for for my little squash world uh, yeah number one in uh, atlantic canada as a junior yeah and then when i for about four years after i left juniors i was just awful it, it was really a difficult time for me. So probably yeah. because I, uh, I'm not, I don't want to make excuses, but how do you, how do you, how do you, um, how do you feel now leaving the juniors, moving into seniors? Are, do you feel like, uh, uh, are you embracing this or are you a little bit, 
sort of apprehensive. I was a, to me, I was a bit apprehensive, so I didn't take the bull by the horns. I didn't generate, didn't use the momentum that I generated. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, college squash is a great bridge. First of all, from juniors to pro, if you want to play, um, and just sort of senior squash in general. And I am excited by it. I think you know, taking age out of the equation in some sense gives you more confidence in yourself, right? Like once you reach, once you exit juniors, the world and sort of the divisions are telling you that age doesn't matter anymore. If somebody's 25, you still got to play them as equals. And that sort of gives you the confidence to think about it in that way and, yeah. and think that you can be on the same level as those people who are older. So that's sort of how I've thought about it. Uh, and it's also just fun, right? You increase the, the world of people who you can play against. There are more new matches in juniors, especially sort of, in the Nash, like in the in the Canadian junior scene, you're playing the same people every yeah. every couple of weekends at the events, and it's cool, more fun, and sort of, it just it increases the number of people that you get to play if you if you broaden it out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then, uh, I mean, I, I was looking at your results in the, in the junior events, the, the European events, and things like that. Uh, you you had some excellent. I mean, you got to the quarterfinals and the European junior championships the dutch junior open and uh i mean you lost in five games to uh, to sam todd yeah right? i mean that uh, yeah. sam todd is a guy who's made inroads on the pro yeah. so how does that i mean how does that make you feel that i mean that that, that must uh, inject a bit of confidence in you not i mean we'll get to uh, what happened at the the individuals at csa yeah. this year as well but i mean that's just a maybe uh, some, something that would give you the confidence to think, okay, I'm, so I can play pro. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. That match is sort of, yeah, it was a, it was a heartbreaker in the moment. Mm. Sam, I'm, I'm two years older than Sam, so it's not quite sort of a fair comparison in terms of our trajectories. Uh, yeah. And he's certainly done awesome things and will but continue he's still, to. I mean, he's still competing. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, he's already he's is. Level, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely did give me a lot of confidence. Going into it, I think... I felt like I had a shot. I felt like I could use sort of my experience. I could try to make it tough for him. And, and I thought that I did that. And I was actually, I think I was up sort of 2198 and, and lost my patience a little bit um, and sort of regret that. And that was a, was a sort of, I, I wish I could have that back. Yeah, Almost because, yeah. you know, it would have been really cool to just have gotten that win and being up, been able to say that, you know, like in, in 10 years or whatever when he does when he does, as I'm sure he will, really cool stuff in squash to be able to say that I played and beat him when I was, when I was 18. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that match definitely did give me a lot of confidence, especially sort of going into worlds a little bit later in the year where I also sort of lost a tough three two to Yahya Al-Naswani, who, yeah. well, who's done sort of a similar, who has yeah. done a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I like when people ask me about the summer, I say, yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of fun and I had two great losses um, <laughs> and those were, they were good losses, but it's definitely, it always leaves a, leaves a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth when, when they're great losses instead of awesome wins. Yeah. But when you, I mean, when you go out there at the worlds and you, you almost beat a guy like Sam Todd and then you almost beat one of the top Egyptian guys, I mean, that's going to yeah. really give you uh, a lot of confidence and maybe sort of give you what sort of the confidence that you might, need or might want to have if you're thinking of uh turning pro yeah yeah no i think that's right i mean i've done a lot of i've done a lot of thinking about this uh and, and definitely haven't sort of decided 
one way or the other about playing yeah. uh, pro. I think, you know, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the tour right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, it, it's still up in the air a little bit how it's going to all come back. And I, you would I probably have, you know, you would have better insights on that. From uh, yeah. ESA, they're, they're not even sure if the current schedule is going to happen. So. Yeah, I mean, it seems tough, right? When you think about the international travel that's required, when you think about the money coming from sort of sponsorships for tickets to some extent and, and having your, your logo on the wall and stuff like that. Um, I'm not too sort of deeply familiar with the economics of the Pro Tour, but it seems like it's tough, at least in the short run. Um, and it's, it's too bad. And it was definitely, I had sort of made a Pro, a PSA membership in the middle of this year, was trying to, gonna try to figure out if I could play some events in the spring in the summer, uh, and then sort of it all shut down. And it, and it feels like that some momentum has been lost. But I, I definitely do agree that those results gave me a lot of confidence and, and definitely made me sort of consider playing pro in a way that I hadn't before. Yeah. Right. right. And um, yeah, so, so I, I mean, going on in, into that, I mean, you, you had a fantastic collegiate uh, squash uh, association year as well uh potter cup yeah. your team uh well first first of all uh uh like was this season was this a sort of a, i wouldn't say maybe epiphany is not a not the right word but it, it may be a bit too exaggerated but uh, uh i mean i knew your name and, and i i you know but canada's sort of fallen a little bit i hate to say it, fallen off yeah. the map a, a little bit i mean we've had some good players out there you know sean delier Obviously, has had a great career. Nick Sackby's doing really well. Uh, a lot of these guys, but it's not the the old days, you know. Like uh, Jay yeah, no, it's not. Graham. It's not Jonathan Graham and Shahir. Yeah, but uh, I mean, when I look at your results, I mean that that's sort of in a reflection of what those days were like. So, uh, as a Canadian, uh, it, given given the fact that uh, give, given that things may get back to normal, which we hope will happen. Which I hope, yeah. and, and they will have it will happen because that's the way the world of the world. Um, wouldn't you think that uh, you know, what, uh, Canada deserves you back on uh, a great Canadian <laughs> talent on tour, James? Do you feel yeah, any, I mean, that, uh, I get, I get, uh, do you feel any pressure uh, in that regard? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I would describe it as pressure. I definitely do feel like there's something to be said for having people at the top sort of leading to more people being interested, leading to people viewing sort of the path as going pro and really going for it mm. as a viable one. I think that's the Egyptian model, right? I, I talked to my teammate, Ali Abu Alain all the time right. about this. And he's like, yeah, I was, I played with all the top guys as I was growing up. I was 14 on court with the Shabagis. And number one or two right now? He plays two. Andrew plays one. Yeah. Um, but he was the finalist in the individual championships. He, he sort of lost a really close 3-2 to Marwan Tarek in the finals of that. Uh, and is, is awesome. And is, is going to be awesome if he, if he decides to really go for it. And I think, so yeah, I do think that there is something to be said for that. And, you know, I do feel a little bit of, of a responsibility in that sense. There are a lot of guys who are going for it. One of my sort of contemporaries all the way along, Liam Marison, uh, who plays at Western right now, is thinking of sort of diving back in and, and, and maybe making a go of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I think about when I think about the decision. Um, 
at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a factor, but there's a lot of stuff that I want to do sort of in, yes. in my yeah. life. And I need to think about well, how it's a big I want to spend isn't the time. It? It's a, yeah. It's a yeah. huge decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, what, it's a huge uh, decision. Are your parent, your parents are pretty happy with what you decide, you know, I guess you can go to them and just say, this is what I want to do. And uh, yeah, obviously they, they support you leaving and, and heading to Penn state or university of Pennsylvania, sorry, uh, to play squash. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that was a decision that also sort of had academic, um, had academic basis, basis an academic basis, but yeah, they, they, they sort of have always been super supportive. And, and if I told them that this is what I wanted to do and this is what would sort of make me happy, uh, I have no doubt that they would support me in that, even if sort of it, it's not something that they're super familiar with and it sort of might, go against some of their like you know just what they would have thought of as being sort of a, a mainstream a mainstream option which it is right i mean playing professional squash or playing professionally in any sort of more obscure sport is is a is a big decision and i think it there is something that to be said and and i have so much respect for everybody who does it because it, it comes from such a love of the game it comes from such a such a good place and, and it requires so much, so much work for not yeah. as much, you know, external payoff as there are in other sports, which, you know, only makes it sort of more, more respectable. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now uh, let's, let's uh, dive, uh, dive deep into uh, the CSA, if you don't mind. Yeah. So you were playing, uh, you play for Penn, the University yeah. of Pennsylvania and uh, Gilly Lane is your coach. And I had the, the honor of speaking with him and, fantastic guy he's uh, yeah no he's pretty, awesome. uh, uh, apparently he's done incredibly well with that team and obviously yeah. uh, you know the proof is in the pudding Potter cup finalist uh yeah. individual finalists and, and your results as well so first of all just tell us what it's been like uh to play under under gilly uh oh. at penn yeah yeah no, i mean gilly is an awesome college squash coach he's an awesome guy he really takes you your development as a person and as a squash player to be like his top priorities and he's always there to talk about classes to talk about life to talk about squash uh and he's just you know i i feel so supportive so, so supported and so lucky to to have him be somebody in my life and you know if you look at our team and the way it's developed in terms of you know, the recruiting and how, how many talented players we now have on our team. We, you know, we have 12, 13 guys who are all like really good, uh, who are on the team. And that's sort of a testament to his, his ability to, you know, recruit and his ability to create such a great environment that people want to be a part of, which is, you know, so important. But if you also almost, I think the more telling aspect of what Gilly can do is if you look at the trajectory of sort of our results, once we get to Penn, I, a lot of us have taken big steps and that's, that's, uh, you know, it's sort of probably equal parts Gilly's ability to foster that team environment that makes you want to buy in. In college squash, you're playing for your teammates as much as you are for yourself. And because we all like each other so much, because the team is so close, largely because of what Gilly is able to do, you know, everybody's super bought in and trains hard. And then on the squash front, he's obviously, you know, super familiar with the game. He's played it at a super high level and is, is really good at sort of, sort of thinking about it in a way that is different than how I think about it. Um, we play very different sort of styles. 
Yeah. And that only that's only helpful, right? Like it's only helpful to get sort of another person's perspective on your game and to have them mention things. So what, what, what's it like? Uh, what's he like on court? Like uh, as a coach? Um, yeah. What, what, what's it? Uh, I mean, I've heard, you know, in terms of the abstract stuff, he's, uh, he's incredible. Right. Uh, but yeah, but in terms of, you know, the, the hands on stuff, obviously yeah. he's, he's incredible. You, you're, you're the most improved player on the team uh, last year. Uh, yeah. You got that honor. And uh, so, so what does he bring to the court that sort of has impacted your game? Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of individual sessions with him, it's a lot of situational stuff. We do a lot of sort of feeding patterns in common sort of situations that happen in the game, which helps you sort of think about how to create those patterns, one, and then how to execute on them when you, when you get them, which is super awesome and super important and sort of, I think a frame that isn't used so much in terms of thinking about squash. I think we often practice individual shots or sort of open it all the way up and play condition games in games yeah. and sort of practicing those, that intermediate sort of level of complexity is super We're interesting. Crazy bust a lung. Yeah. Yeah, no. And so that's super important. I think yeah. another aspect is, is his focus on that stuff is his focus on, recognizing that college squash is a really physical game. Uh, a lot of the time, if you want it more, if you are fitter, that's really important. And that's something that I think that I made sort of a big step at this year in terms of just being able to stick in and, and keep playing and, and, and getting stronger. So I, you know, we don't break down as much physically over the course of a pretty long season. So that stuff's also, you know, super, super important. And, and a big no. thing that he sort of emphasizes and adds. I know back uh, when I was in college, I, I played quite a bit, but uh, there was also the distraction of being a college student, you know, the, yeah. uh, going out with your friends and having a couple of beers or whatever. And then that can uh, sort of lead into uh, maybe affecting uh, negatively on your squash. Is that, is that something that uh, Gilly tries to impress upon you guys, you, you know, have a bit yeah. of fun, but, you know, don't take it uh, to the extreme. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely sort of have, have rules for during the season in terms of sort of that type of stuff, limiting it, um, which is important, right? It's so hard to play sort of if you are constantly recovering from going out from the matches, it all builds, it, it all builds on itself. Yeah. And, but he's also good at sort of picking his spots right after a good win. He'll, you know, he'll encourage us to have fun in, in whatever that, in whatever way that is. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think that's a huge part of college squash, a huge part of how you see people progress in their games during college is sort of that trade-off, which exists. And, you know, if you go too far in the only squash, no fun way, mm. maybe you burn out, maybe you aren't as committed. Um, maybe you aren't as sort of, you, you, you don't want it as badly. Mm. And, and you can end up sort of putting too much pressure on yourself. I, I've seen this sort of happen or heard of this happening of if you, if you sacrifice fun too much for squash, then the results sort of, you take too, too much of your self-worth is determined by how well you play. There's too much pressure on yeah, yeah. the matches because you feel like you've given up so much that sort of that can have a destructive effect if you go too far in that direction as well. Oh, so I, I think Gilly does a really good job of sort of trying to help us find a balance there. Yeah, oh, that, that, that's so important. And uh... So, as I mentioned earlier, you you um, you got the you were nominated most improved uh, player at Penn 
uh, last year. So what do you attribute, uh, and obviously the, your results outside of Penn as well, I mean, just incredible, but what do you attribute uh, that to, James? Uh, yeah. Do you, yeah think I was, think... do you think it was well, do you think it was deserved? Is that something, uh, you know, is that something that you're proud of? I know I, I, I kind of get the feeling of maybe, maybe yeah. okay, yeah, it's a well improved player, okay, but you're probably, maybe you feel like you're, maybe you're better, better than that. Yeah, no, I mean, I was definitely happy to get that. This year, I think coming off my results this summer, after kind of a shaky freshman year, I, I really wanted to go for it. I, I had been thinking about the pro stuff and I, I thought, you know, there's a real opportunity here to get some of that, to try to take those leaps, to train in a professional way while still at school. Uh, so I, I really did focus on that and tried to maximize my time on court every every chance I got. Tried to do extra sessions. Tried to really make make a leap. So I I do think yeah most improved player you know sometimes people say that just means you sucked at the start. Um, and I don't I don't know if I don't know if like you know those criticisms you know are, are maybe fair right I mean it, it yeah. doesn't mean you're the best player on the team and and I certainly wasn't this year. But it was still cool to be recognized, sort of, we vote for these in it, as a team. And it was cool to be recognized, sort of, for those efforts by the team. And a lot of people had awesome years. One of my teammates and best friends, Yash, um, he sort of played seven last year and then sort of moved all the way up to four or five and was an All-American this year and sort of played really, really well down the stretch. So he also sort of improved tons and and had some massive wins for us. So there were a lot of us that sort of, took big leaps this year and it was cool to be recognized as sort of the one who took the biggest leap. That's awesome. What do you attribute that to? Uh, why, why do you think you improved? Uh, what areas of your game do you think? That I see. Yeah. Yeah. Intuitiveness or. Uh... Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely was definitely a stick to itiveness. I think I became a lot more aware of how to sort of how to attack and how to apply pressure without going to the front of the court. I, I sort of have always put the ball in a lot. That's sort of been my, like what I've done um, and how I've won most of my points. And I think, especially in the second half of the year, I started to think a lot more about my length, about varying it, about how to sort of create positional advantages without just winning the point outright. And that that flip sort of, one, decreased my air count, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's way lower risk to hit an attacking drive versus a crossboard neck um then then you open up more opportunities yeah. for for your for that part of your game which is probably already very good but then you've got yeah. better better opportunities don't yeah exactly yeah it's sort of if you wait and you apply one more sort of just working shot one more like seven or eight out of ten shot your percentages on the next one are almost always going to be higher because the ball coming back is almost always going to be a little bit looser or a little bit slower, floating through the air a little bit better. You can see it a little bit nicer. You knew where it was going a little bit earlier. So and, is, that a, you, is that a matter of you just being maybe a little bit fitter or just mentally split, flipping the switch that, you know, this is, this is better, this works? Yeah, they're relate, I think they're related, right? You need to have the confidence in your fitness in order to feel comfortable extending the rallies. And yeah. that, that was a big difference that I found this year is that I was more comfortable, more confident in my fitness, more... I, I didn't feel like I was sort of racing against the clock of when I was gonna gonna be out of gas and it'd be ready to sort of sort of call it off. Fitness a problem for you in the past, or? Um, I think it has been a bit. Yeah, not not sort of a massive problem, but I think it 
at the high levels, especially when playing against people who are a little bit um, like controlled the rallies against me, I definitely did find that sometimes I would would run out of gas and and I would always keep trying. I was I was sort of used to being it. tired, but it sucks. It sucks to be exhausted. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It sucks. There you was a little bit of it. Got, you know, you've got game, right? You know, you've got game, but yeah. you, just don't, you don't have the, the, the gas. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. not fair. And well, I mean, <laughs> you can control that. Know, so maybe, right? um, but yeah, I think, I think that's right. <laughs> and it, it sucks. It's a mental thing, right? Because then, like I said, you're thinking about it from the front, from the start. If you think there's a chance you're going to get tired by the end, you're forcing it from the start. Yeah. yeah. And it impacts you sort of throughout. Um, so yeah, I think that was a big step. I think, I think that it was that, and it was, it was patience. It was sort of some, 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 some racket prep stuff, honestly. Um, one of our coaches, Jack, sort of the head, the squash director at Penn and sort of the women's coach, he would like me just yells at me every day, rack it up. Um, and, yeah. and it's true. And, and little stuff like that matter. That yeah. little stuff matters sort of at, no matter how, how high your level gets. And that's yeah, so. funny. I was playing the other day and I was the guy at my club. He's not as good as I am, but we, we do a little, you know, some sparring sessions and stuff. Yeah. And I was forcing myself to keep my racket up when I was on the tee. Right, just yeah. not let it just keep it up, and it just made a world of difference. You know? No, it's so it's so off, different. Yeah, you, know, you're, it, you just yeah. feel it feels right. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's just about switching that. For me, it was switching that from being something that I had to consciously think about to something that just happened. Right, and that's that's true for for basically every everything in squash. That's when you really make the leaps is when when stuff like that and those good those best practices become part of part of what you do so did you uh did you implement some new uh i know during the covid uh time that we've had off uh, i've i've ramped up my fitness training but uh this was back during pre-covid so what were you doing uh that might have been a little bit different or was it maybe maturity or you you've grown you know, physically you you you've developed uh what was the change that you made to uh, enhance yeah. your, your fitness. Yeah, I think there was definitely some sort of physical, just physical development stuff um, and, and strength stuff that came along with getting a little bit older probably um, and, and doing a lot more work. We've done, we did some cool stuff on the court, sort of our, our fitness trainer, Coach Weeks, has he came from Baylor, which is a big football school. Wow. He, uh, he, he worked with the football team there. He works, I think he works with our football team. So he's sort of, he had, we were, we were a little bit concerned, quite frankly, squash. Everybody thinks of squash players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a different scene. We were a little bit concerned about him like coming in and just having sort of like a lift heavy things attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was, he's been awesome about sort of catering his approach. We've done some really cool sort of resistance band ghosting stuff that has helped with explosiveness and sort of muscle endurance in a really specific way. Um, and, and I think that that was a big, that was, that was really helpful this year. I think, I think getting stronger and, and sort of aerobically fitter from that stuff helped. I started doing a lot of just, just court sprints. I would do sort of, Oh my God. I would do, yeah, I would do sort of 20 sets of 10 on. I, I have nightmares. 30 seconds about the court off. Sprints. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, what's yeah, your routine? I, I would do just sort of, I would do normally, I don't know, 15 sets of, of 10 on and then around 30 seconds off, just starting every minute, basically. 
15 seconds, um, 15 sets, 10 on, 30 seconds on. So 10, like up and back 10 times. Yeah, like one, two, like up is one, one back is two. And 10. Yeah, so those take about seconds. 30 seconds if you're going pretty fast but not sprinting. Okay. And then I would do sort of the last five, I would try to get to 12 in the 30 seconds instead of 10. So those you're really booking it. That's good. Yeah. And, and I would just sort of get into a routine of doing that. And I think with the fitness stuff, it's so much sort of how much you bake it into your routine. If you yeah. do it a lot, it, it doesn't actually take that much if you're doing it every day versus if you're doing it, you know, once a week. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that, that just makes sense. But it is, it's powerful. And, and mm. I baked it into my routine. And I think it made a big, made a big difference. Yeah, it's a good time to do it too when you're young because as you, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you right now, uh, I can't do court sprints anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling my age a little bit too. Um, I'm 19, but sort of, <laughs> I've had a bunch of knee stuff. I've, I've had yeah. some hamstring stuff. I'm, I feel like I'm breaking down. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel yeah. you there. Yeah, take it easy, but uh, no, keep doing what you're doing now. Uh, I know in the individual, this, this is something interesting. I, I, I did my research here. It said that last year that you were. Um, slated to play in the, in the CSA individual national slated to play in the B uh, yeah. division. And then at the last, at the 11th hour, they moved you to the A division. Uh, now, and then, um, then you go in there and, and you beat probably the favorite to win it all world number 44, uh, Victor Quang. And yeah. uh, Victor, came, Victor came on and I spoke to him on, I don't know if you heard my podcast with him, but he had a tremendous uh, testimonial and, and he just spoke, to your sort of your unique game and your, your ability to play, as you said, you know, play it forward and play attacking squash. That was quite a, he wasn't uh, ready for it. Basically he said he was coming off of an injury, but uh, he also said that uh, that had nothing to do with it, that you played extremely well, played a game that uh, he wasn't uh, sort of prepared to play and, and you played it effectively. So uh, firstly, my question is after all that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have a chip on your shoulder after being, you know, with the B, being told you're going to play B, and then getting up into A? Was that did, did that give you that little chip that maybe uh, helped you uh, get to the fourth or quarterfinals of the CSA? Yeah, I think I think a little bit, um, a little bit earlier in the year, there were sort of uh, like a week or two earlier, there was an all all Ivy sort of ranking put out and the top 10 people in the Ivy League got this all Ivy um, award and I was 11th. And then Ooh. for individuals, the top 16 got put in the A draw and I was 17th. So I, I definitely did. I definitely did feel a little bit like I, I was getting just barely overlooked and that, you know, that, that sucks. Um, and yeah. it did. And so getting in, I think it's, it's almost a good position to be in, right? There's no pressure. Nobody's going to notice if you lose. Uh, and I, I just felt like I could go out there and sort of play how I wanted. It was on a court I was really familiar with. Uh, it was it was at Penn. It was on a court I was really familiar yeah, with. Yeah. A couple of my friends sort of stuck around. It was the first weekend of spring break, so sort of I. It wasn't like everybody was on campus, which would have been really cool. Um, but but yeah, the squash team was around and, and everybody was was there, and it was it was a really cool experience. Uh, and I I played great. I think. I think Victor probably, yeah, wasn't expecting to get as much of a, as much pushback as he did. My game is a little bit From different. What it sounded certain. like, it sounded like you, you dictated the terms of engagement. It sounded like you, you took the bull uh, by the horns, as they say. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I couldn't 
beat him at what he did, right? And I, he, I sort he's of a great. He's a very good player. No, I mean he's amazing. He's oh amazing, God. right? Like, and if we play, if we, he's a French. Uh, he's going to be the next French great player. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if we played ten more times, I think I'd probably win none of them. Um, but I, I'm happy that sort of that one in ten time came up came up when it did. Um, yeah, I think I I wanted to sort of take the approach of using a strategy that would increase the chances of something weird happening because that's what I needed to happen. I needed something mm, weird to happen. That's interesting. So I I tried to I tried to mix it up. I counterattacked tons. I think the matchup. Does, did sort of suit me. Victor likes to move the ball around. He likes to sort of chip it up to the front in a working way, which I actually really like it when people do that because I can go up and sort of counterattack, which is one of my strongest strongest skills. And and yeah, I I lost the first game. I came out after it. Sort of Andrew Douglas was coaching me. Gilly was coaching me, and I remember saying them to them like like I'm I'm in this. Like this, those rallies were real rallies. Uh, I, I lost more of them than I won, but I, I felt, especially after the first game, like I actually had a chance to win the match and that sort of, sort of made me stick in. And it, I, I had been playing three all year. Um, and, and I had sort of been itching all year to sort of get a shot at some of these top guys yeah. and to get a shot only at the very top guy is a little disappointing. Obviously you'd rather play somebody a little bit more, a little bit more in the middle, but you know, I knew I wasn't going to get this chance too many times and I, I just wanted to sort of like do everything that I possibly could to 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 pull off pull off something cool and you did and then yeah uh, then uh I guess I guess you went to, to the next round uh, how did that go yeah in the next round I played Ali um my teammate right. uh, who plays right. two on pen and he won three one um still a decent result still a decent result for sure and and I, I actually felt like I played well he he played great that weekend. Uh, and so, you know, I, I had no complaints. It was, it was cool to play him. He's yeah. One of my best friends and, and, and we had fun and then, you know, and then it was great to sort of cheer him on and, and coach him a little bit and just sort of be part of his journey through the rest of the event. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was an awesome weekend. It was an awesome weekend all around. Right on. Well, let's hope uh, there's some awesome weekends coming up in the next season. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, we've heard, uh, you know, uh, George Washington's lost their squash program. Yeah. Uh, Stanford, yeah. I believe, lost their squash program. And Brown, uh, apparently, has lost yeah. their program. So, I mean, what, what are you hearing in terms of uh, your correspondence with, uh, with Penn and with the CSA? Uh, how, how are things sort of... Uh, shaping up at this moment for for squash for your squash yeah yeah i mean those programs getting lost is really sad i mean college squash is especially as you see sort of the level of college squash increasing so much um it's it's just sad right yeah. college squash could be a really cool a really cool sort of like thing for squash fans to follow because the oh, level yeah. gets so high and like you know I didn't realize um, it's on it's on ESPN too, right? They they yeah they yeah they it. yeah no well I I don't know if they televise it um but it's 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 available on ESPN for streaming and the streaming quality is really high okay yeah so and, just streaming okay yeah um but it, but that's nevertheless still really cool uh, and so it was it was sort of it was it was heart wrenching to see those programs going I feel so bad for the people on those teams right who who had such uh, 
if that was such a big part of their college experience and probably part of the reason that they went to those schools. Stan, uh, I mean, Stanford and Brown, uh, I'm sure George Washington too, they both had a uh, traditional, uh, very yeah. uh, tradition there in terms of their school yeah. programs. So. Yeah, no, GW exactly. had tons of international guys and girls sort of on their, those teams too. So it's tough for sure. I don't know sort of what the deal is going to be with, with transfers. I, I, I just, I don't know. Um, but in terms of, in terms of Penn, and, and sort of college squash this year, I think we feel pretty secure in our program. We just built sort of a, a nice big new facility. Yeah. There's sort of is like a long tradition of, of Penn squash alums and they are awesome and super willing to support the program. So we are very thankful for them. And hopefully sort of that means that, that our program is safe and, and will be here for the long run, which is, which is awesome and something that, you know, I, I will definitely want to see continue after after oh, I leave absolutely. Um, and and in terms of the CSA this year I think it's I think it's tough I think we're still waiting yeah if we do play it will be a modified schedule after the new year just because you know Penn isn't going back to campus fully um, in the first semester so few schools are that sort of there is no opportunity to play um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I would just truly be totally speculating if I, if I said anything about the second half of the year. So, so I think we wait and see. I, I obviously yeah. hope that we can play. I hope that, I hope that I, we can practice because sort of squash is such a big part of my life. And, and if I can't do that this year, whether it be at Penn or, or on some other courts in Philly, that would be a real loss. So there's so much uncertainty with college squash, like there is for everything in the world right now, but, but sort of, I'm, I'm going to hope for the best and, and prepare as though we are going to have a season in the second half, because, you know, if there is one, well, I guess I one, one thing you can look at is, uh, is whether or not these schools, uh, you know, Penn or what, what they're doing with their, their high profile sports, right? Yeah. When, you know, if the foot, obviously they don't, there's a lot of money involved in, in football and basketball. Yeah. They generate a lot of money. So if they, they're able to have successful uh, collegiate seasons, if they end up playing out, then perhaps that bodes well for, for squash. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've seen a lot of the big football con uh, conferences, like the Pac-5, I think the Big 12. Um, I'm not a huge college football guy. I have said that they're not going to play this fall. Mm. So... So we'll see, right? I mean, there is more money at stake there. There's definitely more motivation and, and schools would go to sort of, they would make more special arrangements. They would go to further lengths to get those sports up and running. I think right now in the US, the situation is just totally untenable for sports. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, things can change a lot by mid-January. Mid-January is still sort of five months away we started this whole thing five months ago, right? So it, yeah, it, feels, yeah. it feels close, but it's actually, there's a lot of time and a lot of stuff could change. You know, hopes for a vaccine, I think are probably important. You know, I, I don't know that Putin's is going to work, but maybe the Oxford <laughs> one will. Um, yeah. So who knows? Well, right, there's a, a lot can change. Trump's approach anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Bleach isn't very effective, I think. Or, or whatever, whatever the whatever the suggestion was, I forget exactly. Bleach, it was a Clorox. Some some cleaning <laughs> some cleaning product. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, uh, well, I hope for you and I hope for all of squash uh, because the the U.S. varsity squash uh, scene has produced some tremendous uh, squash yeah. over the last few years, and um, let's just hope things turn out okay. If not in the near future, shortly thereafter. So uh, yeah. 
Now, no, um, yeah. Now, now, James, you, you've uh, you know been great with your time. Now, before before we sign off today, I had to ask you uh, about your job interview. Uh, you just had a job <laughs> interview. I know back in the day, I had several job interviews while I was at university. It was tough to uh, you know find a good one every now and then. Yeah. You, know, you might get lucky. I got lucky a couple of summers. Uh, how did that? You you had one the other day. How'd it go? And uh, you know what was it all about? How how did you feel it went? I guess it was online, was it? Yeah, no, I mean, everything, everything is online these days. So we're all yeah. sort of Zoom professionals. That's easy. Um, that, yeah, I find so, that easy. Face, face interviews are a bit nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely easier. <laughs> um, well, or, or at least different, right? It's, yeah. it's different. Um, it went well, sort of the whole job search process is a little different this year. And, um, and it's, it's stressful, right? It's a different, it's a different thing. It's different than school. The, the stakes are a little bit higher. Uh, yeah. You feel like you have less control than you do in school. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard back on that, from them on that specific interview, but it, was, it wasn't too long ago. So, so my, like, hopes are still, still my hopes are still high. Just um, ago, yeah. Where, any, yeah. any questions they asked? Did, they, did any questions stump you? Yeah, I mean, I actually, they asked, me, uh, they asked me how I would go about making an omelet, which was an interesting, okay. interesting question given, you know, not exactly the role that I am, uh, not, not exactly related to the job. You want to see you think on your feet. Yeah, so, uh, so that was fun. I, 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 make, I make a decent amount of omelets, so I, I had an answer ready. Um, well, yeah. well, uh, what kind do you make, Spanish omelets? Yeah, I, you know, I like to toss in some onion, some tomato, a little bit of cream cheese, actually, which is a weird, well, there you go. which is a weird thing, but it melts into the, into the eggs, I find really nicely. Um, so yeah, so maybe they, maybe they thought, maybe that was, they thought that was weird and they're going to pass, but, but we'll see. Right. There you go. That, that's a good answer. I, I'd give you a full marks for that one. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate it. Well, I hope that goes well for you, James. Uh, just want to wish you uh, all the best, you and your family. And uh, first, and also congratulations on a really good season last year, not only at uh, Penn, but also with your junior stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll make the right decision when it comes to it in terms of your pro career. You've got a good head on your shoulders and uh, hope we can do it again soon. I enjoyed chatting with you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, Jerry. I, uh, I, hope, I hope you and your family, you know, stay safe. And I hope you, I hope you make those putts at the, at the end of the round next time. Yeah, and tomorrow, a big day yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. mate. I was well, just going to say, just wish me luck uh, on, my, on round two tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, no. All the best. All the best. Maybe see if you crack 80. That'd be, that'd be pretty Let's impressive. Oh, well, many thanks to James for that. We want to wish him uh, all the best uh, in the upcoming academic year. I guess they're going to be uh, starting in the next uh, week or, or so. And uh, all the best to the, the College Squash Association. Uh, hopefully they make uh, the right decision and things at some point get back. Uh, they get back on court, but obviously they need to... Uh, uh, make the right and wise decision in terms of doing that. Uh, many other sports in uh, the U.S. varsity sports scene, the NCAA uh, sports uh, programs, the, the footballs and the basketballs, uh, some of the conferences, I guess it's based on conference in that regard, but some of them have decided to play and some of them haven't uh, have decided not to play. Uh, and then some schools are going online only and some are not. So, uh, yeah, it all depends on how things play out over uh, the next three, four months. There could be a squash season uh, and there may not be. But uh, as of now, it doesn't look good. 
but uh, hopefully uh, as a result of this we get a uh, you know we get a vaccine and we get some uh, sort of way in which we can get back on court and play competitively uh, we find a way during this time and hopefully we'll see the exciting squash uh, college squash association season get back on track so again a lot of fun talking to James and hopefully uh, we get him back and hopefully he does uh, you know take up uh, you know see what he can do professionally because he's an outstanding talent and we want uh, you know in terms of Canadian uh, talent uh, it'd be great to see him out there uh, just to see how far he can take it so he's obviously proven that he can beat uh, uh, some of the the top players, uh, top juniors of his uh, in his age group, and he's done that and, and done well. So uh, all the best to him going forward. And uh, speaking of going forward, uh, we've j we're going to be having our Squash Korea episode with Sean Oh, uh, Oh Sung Min, uh, his Korean name. Uh, he's uh, the assistant uh, coach at the University of Toronto Varsity Squash team, and he's going to be talking about uh, squash Korea and uh, you know obviously a soft spot in my heart because I spent a lot of time uh, playing squash and I became deeply and actively involved in their squash uh, scene over the years so uh, something that I've always wanted to do and uh, Sean indulged me a bit but also uh, raised awareness in a lot of ways in terms of what they're doing over there and how they approach things and they've grown it from the ground up pretty much with their own uh, their own national talent so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure you're going to enjoy that, and that's upcoming. And uh, everyone, I just want to th uh, say, again, thanks for sharing, and thanks for, for listening to the podcast. Uh, we've got plenty more coming up, uh, so please stay tuned for those. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, comment on Facebook. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And also, uh, yeah, uh, on your podcast apps, you can also review and, and uh, give us a rating on that. If you like it, great. If not, well, let me know, and we'll try to... Uh, try to see see what we can do in terms of improving uh, things uh, here we're always open uh, open to new ideas and we're trying to do uh, new things the squash Korea thing is something uh, a little bit outside the box and uh, something I, I think you're going to find uh, quite interesting uh, but also we're going to be having uh, the guys from squash skills coming on uh, very soon so back to more familiar uh, territory when it comes to that so again everyone thanks for listening and also uh, all the best with your with your squash, I had an interesting uh, game uh, match yesterday. Um, I'd been, I'd slept quite well. I went to bed fairly early the last uh, two or three nights and slept well. I've been quite tired at work, but I did put in some. I uh, you know, went to the gym and then uh, did my thing at home and went to bed early. And uh, yesterday, I, I had about an hour and a, a little over an hour of sort of uh, doing some training and some match play, and uh, was not winded at all i mean i felt very very good it was the you know normally i, I do uh, i mean these especially here because it's so humid and hot the courts are, are air conditioned but you can still feel the humidity but i didn't feel at all uh you know uh, tired uh, you know a little bit winded but it felt just great moving around the court great so i think uh, i attribute that to having a, a couple of very good nights sleep so you know little things like that and also not overeating and uh, didn't eat a lot throughout the day that day and I hope your squash is going uh, just as well uh, for you these days and um, I hope you're you're able to play or at least get out there on court even to do some solo practice I think things are opening up quite a bit uh, around the world now so we're taking baby steps and uh, with any luck uh, we'll be back 
uh, soon uh, in this new normal situation. It might be a bit different, but hopefully we'll be back uh, playing and competing and uh, playing squash the way that it should be played. So everyone, all, all the best to you guys out there. Take care and uh, please stay tuned for the next upcoming episodes. The next one will be the uh, Sean O uh, episode. And then after that, hopefully we'll, we're going to have uh, the boys from uh, Squash Skills back on to give us some, uh, some more insight and some more uh, food for thought in terms of what we can do in, uh, on court and our training and, and things like that. So stay tuned for those, everyone. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Goodbye now.